0: Dennis, we talked about uh, herbal teas last week, and uh, including peppermint tea, of course. Mm. Um, so you're, you're a great fan of using herbs in this form, aren't you, as a tea?
1: I am, Jane, and I want to talk about the reasons why I am a fan and point out that the oldest way of using herbs is still as valid today as it always has been. We'll talk about the validity of using herbal teas therapeutically.
0: We are going to talk about special herbal teas and the benefits of using those. It is a simple way of administering, um, uh, well, I won't say medicine, but um, help, <laughs> I suppose. Mm. But before we do that, Michelle has rung in 49216216, and uh, she's rung in from Terralba. Her son's girlfriend has been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. You'd like to ask Dennis about that, Michelle?
2: Yes, please, that'd be great. Thank you. Hello, Hello Michelle. Michelle. Hello, sorry, I'll just turn my radio off. Right, that's better. How can, how can, um, we, how can we help you, Michelle? Um, yeah, my son's daughter, my mm-hmm. uh, son's girlfriend, has recently mm-hmm. been diagnosed with Crohn's. Yes. Um, just wondering if there's anything that she can do, you know, herbally or whatever, to sort of help herself. No, she's, it's, a, it's a brand new diagnosis, so okay. of course she'll go through a doctor's. Of
1: course. But, well, in, uh, um, Crohn's disease, for the sake of listeners, is a member of what we might call the inflammatory bowel disease spectrum. Um, It has similarities to ulcerative colitis but essentially it's an inflammatory condition and with it can come um, things such as ulceration and bleeding and it's a condition fortunately for which uh, modern mainstream medicine had some very useful um, medications and these days in my opinion it and ulcerative colitis are managed very, very well in comparison with what it was many, many years ago. So the first thing that your um, son's girlfriend should appreciate is that she must go down the pathway of the mainstream via her GP. I dare say she'll be referred on to a gastroenter- a gastroenterologist. Yep. And, and and normally what happens there is medications are prescribed to address the Um, what you might call the immunological background to it as well as also medications prescribed to uh, ease some of the inflammatory activity. Now uh, in this context it's always wise if you're going to do anything that you think might help it's always wise to run any recommendation past your general practitioner, or your specialist, because uh, what listeners need to know is that very frequently foods, natural remedies, etc., could be contraindicated in some conditions. And just because something is natural or herbal doesn't mean to say that it is necessarily better or always safe. It can sometimes interact. But what I have found over the years, two simple little uh, approaches... I believe, I believe, a warrant consideration in, in helping this condition, but again, they need to be run past uh, the, uh, the medical manager. As you would expect, I'm a great fan of the American herb slippery elm.
2: I thought you'd say that, yes. Yeah.
1: Now, now, slippery elm, I know some listeners think that I overplay my hand on that, but I don't. It is a remarkable remedy. Mm, it yeah. has soothing characteristics from the moment it's taken the upper gut gets a benefit, and from the moment it's eliminated, it also has a soothing, protective effect on the bowel wall. So I, I would be surprised if there were any objection uh, from the GP or the specialist on someone wanting to use uh, slippery elm uh, as a, perhaps a complementary medicine. Yep. The, the other um, approach uh, is a little bit novel, and again, this should be something that should only be initiated Um, by a professional uh, if it were to be agreed upon by the general practitioner or the gastroenterologist um, the preparation should be dispensed or prescribed by a competent uh, herbalist or naturopath but the the herb bilberry and um, and the moment I mention bilberry people say a bilberry for the eyes and that is correct, it has some active constituents that are very very valuable for uh, ocular conditions, diabetic retinopathy etc but not many people know that uh, bilberry leaves, bilberry leaves used as a, as a fluid extract or sometimes as a tea, has a very, very useful and well established reputation, particularly in Europe, for dealing with some of the looseness of the bowel yep. and also some of the, the bleeding that can sometimes occur. Now, bilberry tea or bilberry extract, uh, based on the leaf, now I emphasize yep, that, based, that yep. on, based on the leaf has a gentle, a very gentle astringent effect on the bowel wall which tends to work against both diareric conditions and also bleeding conditions. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very safe herb. But again, if you're going to use it, get approval to use it. And if you're going to use it, make sure that you get a standardised preparation of bilberry leaf, preferably in an extract form that is dose-related. They're two things that I have worked with uh, in patients who have been chronically affected by Crohn's, where despite the modern medical approach, the condition has continually reasserted itself, those two herbs I, ha- I believe have helped many people over many years lessen some of the symptoms. Slippery elm and an approved use of bilberry yep. leaf extract.
0: We're going to look at uh, the benefits of using herbs in a simple uh, simple way or simply by using them as teas, Dennis Dio.
1: Look, I think um, we need to emphasise this point that the oldest way of using the herb is to use it in a herbal tea form. And as I think I said last week, the use of herbal teas is still a very popular and documented way of harnessing the therapeutic benefits of herbs, particularly if you look at some of the continental pharmacopoeias you'll find that in the German pharmacopoeia, there are multiple herbal teas or infusions, as we call them, for addressing uh, many, many health problems. Now, don't underestimate, therefore, the benefits that one can obtain from using a herb in this form, and particularly, and I want to lead into this now, Jane, particularly when we're dealing with the urinary tract. The urinary tract, which is dealing with the, the, the bladder and the urethra and all that uh, organ system is very prone to infection. And I dare say that many listeners out there now uh, would have suffered episodes of cystitis or prostatitis, conditions which can be painful, difficult to manage, and frequently of a recurring nature. Now, in my experience, one of the most useful ways for breaking the back of recurring urinary tract infections, commonly referred to as UTIs, is to work prophylactically, that is, to try to stop or work against the condition asserting itself. In no way am I suggesting that the medical management for the acute episode be bypassed. The role of the antibiotic or whatever is in the doctor's court, and rightly so. But my experience using herbs is that herbs, particularly in the urinary tract, are very useful when they are employed as a herbal tea. And last week I spoke only very, very briefly about the South African herb that's commonly known as buku, B-U-C-H-U. Now, buku is not one of these remedies that um, has just come from left field. If you look in such documents as the British Pharmaceutical Codex, certainly if you look in the British Herbal Pharmacopeia of 1983, which I carry with me almost as a pocket companion, you'll find Buca is documented historically, we understand its chemical constituents, and it's one of the most useful devices to be taken on a daily basis as a herbal tea, where the dried herb is simply infused in a cup of boiling water, where the active principles from the herb are then liberated, and the infusion or the tea is taken. It's quite a a tasty tea. It tastes a little bit like peppermint that we spoke about last week. Now, my approach uh, over 40 years has been to recommend to chronic urinary tract sufferers, male and females, females with recurring cystitis, males even with recurrent prostatitis, if you're not doing well, consider using the simple preparation of Buku, a herbal tea with a great reputation And in my experience, it has helped many people over many, many years. I might just say, Jane, with reference to cystitis, um, it is always something that chronic sufferers uh, can learn about to help themselves. Now, there is a book by Angela Kilmartin. Angela Kilmartin wrote a book entitled Understanding Cystitis. Now, this book is still available. It's not a popular book, but you can still get it if you go online. Angela Kilmartin's book, Understanding Cystitis. And when I was lecturing, I would frequently recommend this popular book, even to medical students and naturopathic students, because the information in that text, as far as self-management techniques is concerned, is unsurpassed. Here was a woman who had a stage career and a marriage nearly ruined as a result of recurring cystitis. And despite the best medical management, she was continually plagued with this wretched condition. It affected her marriage. It affected her career. And so she looked into it and developed a simple self-help technique that I will not go uh, talking about on the radio, but it's uh, uh, worthwhile for chronic sufferers to get that text and read it. I recommend that. But at the same time,
0: what's her name again?
1: Angela Kilmartin. Um, and it, it's not something that one would just go into the, uh, the shop and get off the shelf. You would have to, I'm sure, look online. But I know people are still getting it online. And uh, get on to that because I dare say there are listeners out there who are experiencing ongoing cystitis. That little technique that Kilmartin talks about, or the multiple bits of advice that she gives, simple things. Very, very simple things, personal things that women would understand um, and are best read about rather than elaborating on the radio. Those little things worked wonders with her, and I applaud the woman. I recommend the reading of that, the Buku tea, as an ongoing herbal supplement in a tea form to irrigate the urinary tract. That's the way the Europeans refer to using Buku tea. It's what's referred to as irrigation therapy, albeit uh, with the Buku we know that it has a significant chemistry in it which explains its natural antiseptic effect on the urinary tract and and uh, i 'm getting a bit wound up on cystitis uh, also with cystitis don 't overlook the usefulness of using the cranberry, which is pretty well documented uh, and very very readily available in many forms in our health food stores and our pharmacies, Um, there is little need for me today to justify the role of of cranberry in any form, uh, sophisticated pharmaceutical form as a tablet or a capsule. But cranberry brings with it a unique prophylactic or preventative ability, and that is what it does uh, due to its chemistry again, due to its chemistry again, what this remarkable herb cranberry does is lessen uh, the environment that bacteria feed on, on the urinary tract. It has, if you like, a hindering effect, particularly on E. coli, which are the bacteria frequently behind cystitis. So there's a few little hints for chronic cystitis sufferers. Buku tea. Now, it's not a, not an easy tea to get hold of, but it's certainly always available for my rooms. Buku tea, a cranberry preparation from your pharmacy or your health food store and Angela Kilmartin's book on simple little hygiene techniques that women will relate to, put those things together, and I can tell you there are many, many women in this town that bless me for for making that recommendation. So Just there a, you go. a question to follow <laughs> up on that, Dennis. Booker
0: yeah, okay. tea, how many times or how often should you be taking okay. the herb? Look,
1: prophylactically, probably one or two cups a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, of course, use it if you start to feel the first symptoms of of a urinary tract infection coming on. And there you might accelerate the taking of the buku tea up to two or three cups a day. And when the acute episode has subsided and you may well have lessened the need for an antibiotic, then drop back to what you might refer to as the preventative, or the management dose, which might be one strong cup of the Pleasant Buku tea daily.
0: Sally's come through with the information to say that uh, Angela Kilmartin has a website and you can purchase her books from there. And the one Dennis was talking about was Understanding Cystitis. There are other books she has written as well. Uh, And I did say we were going to talk to Trevor. So why don't we do that? Uh, Trevor has rung in from Tyse Hill, and Trevor, you've got a question about gout.
2: Yes, that's right. Uh, I'm just wondering whether uh, there is something I could take to um, to prevent the gout from uh, happening. Or okay.
1: are you are you are you taking um, allopurinol presently, Trevor?
2: That's right, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. yes I have a course of that.
1: Okay. Are you, are you on it all the time, or do you get gout frequently?
2: It seems to be coming as I get older, given that I'm 78, and it seems to be lasting longer.
1: Okay. Look, um, I have uh, great confidence in the role of the cherry in helping prevent that.
2: that, Yes.
1: Now, uh, if if you were to get on the net, you would find there's a massive information explaining why cherry, particularly as a concentrate, is useful in helping to reduce the level of uric acid, which is behind, of course, the assertion of gout. Yes, Gout, right. gout is a painful condition, as you probably can vouch for. Tell me about and, it. And, and, and it's associated right. with a high level of uric acid, and um, uh, the uh, drug allopurinol is frequently prescribed for that and has a very good reputation, albeit uh, for, for people that gout, get gout very irregularly, and who want to try something from a more natural perspective, um, the use of cherry concentrate, and there's a beautiful little preparation called Gout Fighter. Now, jot that down. If any other, if any other listeners are out there who experience this, um, that's a little preparation that is uh, produced by an American company, Nature Sunshine. It's readily available. It's not expensive. And I probably have a listener at this moment who owes his trip to Indonesia, his surfing trip to Indonesia, as a result of my being able to uh, resolve his stubborn gout where nothing else could, and it involved, I can assure you, high doses of that preparation based on oh, cherry extract.
2: Yeah, that, that sounds a bit
1: alternative to a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, you know, you might laugh when I say that this, this gentleman's gout was so stubborn and so um, reluctant to respond to anything that was thrown at it, that amputation of the toe was actually being considered.
2: It's a viable alternative, yeah, I do. Okay. Well, <laughs> see,
1: see See how you go with it. I'm a great fan, as you can see, of, of the gout fighter. I've only had gout a couple of times in my life, and that was probably as a result of um, indiscretions, um, and I won't elaborate on that. No, but, please don't. not <laughs> elaborate, but... Um, uh, fortunately I don't get it now and I don't have to use anything prophylactically but that's a great little preparation
0: and uh, there you go Trevor with Gout Fighter and uh, we're taking your calls in Health Naturally on 49216216 uh, and um, who have we got on the line now? Hello? There. Hello? Hello? Hello, who have we got on the line?
2: Uh, it's
0: Dudley here. Dudley, and you've got a question for Dennis today?
2: Uh, yes, please. I'll just... Oh, i better push the mute button on the radio. Sorry. What
0: a good idea. Yeah, Dudley's rung in, and he's going to ask Dennis oh, yeah. a question. Okay. You're from Waratah. That's great. And the number you rang was 49216216, and it's all about peripheral neuropathy, is it? Uh, yes, yes. A couple of
2: questions, please, yeah. Hello, Look.
1: Dudley. How can we help?
2: Uh, peripheral neuropathy. Um, yes.
1: Are you diabetic? Uh, no, no, okay. no. You had chemotherapy. Uh, no, the okay.
2: only no, I haven't been treated for it. Okay. okay, so yeah.
1: some sometimes peripheral neuropathy can come on as a, as a, a byproduct of either a medical procedure or a, or a disease that's why I was asking you those questions oh
2: i'm with you okay. i'm with you no no with what happened uh, is uh, a long period of abuse of alcohol okay
1: look it's it's not a condition that is easy to treat your doctor has probably no. told you that the only thing that the only thing that you can seek to do is to use what are called topical agents topical and by, by that we mean things to put on the area things to apply Okay, that, can yeah. le- that can lessen the discomfort. Now, okay. in- interestingly, uh, capsicum contains what's called an oleoresin. Now, that's the active principle in uh, in chili or capsicum. Now, various oh. preparations containing the oleoresin of capsicum have been used to address uh, neurological uh, conditions, the pain of shingles, for instance.
2: I it- caught shingles in hospital. That's
1: correct. when it all... And and this is where the preparation uh, known as Zostrix might be of use to you. It is one of the many preparations that would be available uh, based on the oleo resin of capsicum. and it oh. is it is specifically used for the for the uh, the neurological based pain of shingles. Yeah. And if it can be useful in that, it might be useful in in using or easing. Yeah some of the neuropathic pain you're experiencing. I make no guarantees for it. It's Ah. an an over-the-counter product.
2: Oh, okay, Uh, that's
1: my question here. It's not going to cure the condition, but it might give you some relief. And the other thing to remember is, with any of the preparations that incorporate uh, capsicum and and when they're applied topically, it's unlikely that you'll get any benefit whatsoever under about five days. But then when it begins to kick in, to maintain that benefit, you have to keep using it. The benefit will fall away very rapidly if you uh-huh. cease applying it. Now, it's on a daily basis you apply it, is yeah, that correct? Yes. Now, look, some people, yeah. uh, when they use that great product, experience a little bit of, of burning. Many people <laughs> find that uh, uncomfortable, but it tends to lessen. Now, also yep. what you need to realise is the product that we mentioned, Stiff Sore and Sorry, it contains also some oleo-resin of capsicum, and yeah. it might be worthwhile um, using. In fact, what we will do, um, the program will send to you, free of charge, a pack of stiff saw and sorry, which contains uh, some oleo resin of capsicum, to see, ah. to see if that gives you any relief whatsoever. We make no promises. Nah. It's a hard condition, but um, th- this may well give you a little bit of encouragement.
2: Yeah, we have tried some products. Actually, I've got uh, off a health program something i methylated spirits and, oh,
1: yeah. uh, and um, uh, what have got, Epsom salts. Yeah. Look, but, uh, Epsom, that, but, Epsom salts is a good old remedy for things like arthritis and rheumatism. Um, yeah. Methylated spirits, you can be cautious of that. The thing with, with, with the capsicum-based products is we know what they do. They lessen what's called a, a substance P, which is associated physiologically with the transmission of pain. So there is a much more credible basis for justifying the use of that preparation topically used. Talk to your your pharmacist, but we'll send you some stiff sore and sorry. So hang on, uh, give your name uh, to the lady at the desk, our dear Sal. And she will uh, give it to me and we'll make sure that it's sent to you.
0: And uh, we are taking your calls on 49216216, which is the number that Ray has rung in from Marmong Point on. And um, it's uh, all about an enlarged prostate, Ray.
2: That's correct, yeah. Hello, Ray. Hi.
1: How enlarged? I just had,
2: a, just had an episode where uh, I had to be... Um Captured and, and bagged up because of uh, a large prostate, yes. and I'm wondering whether there's any natural um, remedies for this problem.
1: Okay. Uh, have, has your prostate been, uh, been monitored uh, for, for a period of time, or is this just something that came out of the blue?
2: Well, it came out of the blue, but there was there was evidence before. When I think back about it, that it was probably a, a, a cause of my problems.
1: Okay, so your your stream was very feeble.
2: It was, yes. Yeah.
1: And you had a lot of nocturnal frequency. You were getting up at night, etc.
2: No, not really, but okay. um, it was still unstable.
1: Okay. Now, true. your GP would would uh, have you under his management, and rightly so. Um, are, are you contemplating through your GP and your urologist having what's called the transurethral resection?
2: Well, I'm waiting to see the specialist, okay. and I'm waiting to see what his yeah. results and okay. uh, recommendations are, but I was okay. just wondering whether there was okay. when something you, naturally that could bring when, it down.
1: When you get a prostate that's acting up this way, where you, have, where you have actually seized up, to use colloquial terminology, it's most unlikely that there would be anything in the natural world that would be a benefit to you. And apart from a few medications that can improve the stream, um, med- medications that your urologist can prescribe uh, to manage the symptoms, I'm not aware of there being anything that can actually reduce the size of the prostate And I dare say your specialist, who you must be guided by, will probably recommend a transurethral resection, which these days is a procedure that many, many males have. And um, I would be thinking that I wouldn't be recommending you use anything, and certainly nothing natural. I think that is likely to just be a waste of money considering the status of your prostate at present
0: uh from cameron park and joe hot flushes and you're no spring chicken is that the way i should say it yes that's right hello joe hi how are you
1: i'm well you have some problems
0: yes i'm 70 i'm still having hot flushes my face every time i have one my face goes red oh dear Yeah, and it's a dead giveaway, you know. I've had them through the day. Okay.
1: Uh, Now, you've discussed this, obviously, with your GP.
0: Yes, I was on some tablets, but then he took me off them because he said if you continue, it could cause, you know, cancer.
1: Yes, yes. You were probably on some hormone-based therapy.
0: Yeah, and now I'm taking remifem from the chemist.
1: Now, remifem is based on a herb called black cohosh. Uh Now, it has a good reputation... Um, many women that I have seen over the years have had benefit from it, but like most over the counter preparations, uh, one thing doesn't always work for the next person, so to speak, but uh-huh. it is a herbally based product with a good reputation, um, a, an overseas product that does well in this country and based on the herb black cohosh, which, uh, together with other herbs contain substances that if you like mimic the effect of female hormones, We call these substances phytoestrogens. That is, they're plant-based substances um, that, if you like, target the same receptor sites uh, within your body, but not as vigorously and not as reliably as your own hormonal chemistry. Therefore, they are considered to be very, very safe. And sometimes they're sufficient to ease the condition, not necessarily take it away. Phytoestrogens, one of them is called black cohosh. And that, I believe, is the basis of Remifem. If that preparation um, is is not doing what you would expect, um, don't throw in the towel. There's generally speaking always something there to give some degree of help. And what you need to do then is think of the herb red clover. All right. Now, red clover also is the basis of many over-the-counter preparations for hot flushes. And your pharmacist... Or your health food store proprietor could show you a number of products that would be led uh, by the herb red clover, which has again a significant quantity of phytoestrogen within it. But look, I'm going to say something that sounds very, very simple, but again, this is used very popularly, I have been told, in France to ease hot flushes, and that is the regular use of another herbal tea. We've been talking about herbal teas today, and this one could be a real benefit to you and many other women who experience flushing and who are reluctant to take hormone therapy but who are not getting benefit from anything else. Just use a couple of cups of sage tea per day. Go to your health food store, your mm-hmm. pharmacy, or even your supermarket and get a little pack of red sage, which is known as salvia officinalis, sometimes just referred to as sage, sometimes it's referred to as red sage. It is very inexpensive. And make a, a strong cup of red sage tea, an infusion of it, say a teaspoonful of the herb, into the cup, pour on the boiling water, just like you're making a cup of coffee. Let it stand, and then, while it, when it is cooler, drink the liquid Take, say, your last cup before you go to bed at night. You can flavour it with honey if you like. And take another cup in the morning if you're getting daily flushes. Believe it or not, and I know it sounds too simplistic, but the feedback I get in my rooms and when I meet people, the feedback from people who have got benefit using sage tea is quite remarkable.
0: And thanks for your call, Joe. And we're moving now to Karua, a lovely part of the world, and Sue has rung in. Uh, About Buku tea, as we were talking earlier, can it help somebody with bladder cancer?
1: Hello, Sue. Hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm well indeed. Sue, look, Buku has um, usefulness in dealing with uh, recurring mild urinary tract infections. I would not be wanting to recommend it um, for for bladder cancer or any cancer within the urinary tract Um, because there's no indication for using it in that area. I would like to think there was. But there isn't, unfortunately, Sue.
2: Okay, I just thought I'd ask because, uh, like, I've been having some chemo every four months for yes. about eighteen months, yes. but every time I finish, I end up with a bit of infection.
1: Okay, well, here, here again, in the in the context of what you have just said, there may be uh, a role for complementary medicine that would incorporate Boku. Again. Um, You'd need to discuss that with your medical managers. If it, is, if it is to be used to relieve the onset of an infection, there might be some validity in that. I was uh, thinking more of it being used directly uh, as an agent to address the cancer, where, of course, it can't. But as an agent to perhaps lessen infection activity subsequent to your medical management, it may have a role there even in conjunction with uh, with the Cranberry Raise that with your medical managers. Both those herbs, in my opinion, are exceedingly safe. And you can indeed get a a massive information these days on both of those herbs from the net, which would be sufficient to justify my claim that they're potentially useful and safe. So take that on board, discuss it with those that are trying to help you and um, see their response.
0: And all the very best, Sue. Uh, our very last call for today on Health Naturally is from Barry, who's rung in from Tea Gardens. Hemochromatosis, Barry. What's your question for Dennis?
2: Um, thanks for taking my call, Dennis. Uh, pleasure, Dennis, Barry. Um, I've gained uh, a lot of um, assistance from your wisdom over the time for aches and pains and different things. But Thank you. Thank I've always you. enjoyed good health. Yes. But uh, I've just been diagnosed um, with... Uh, had a test, just a general checkup, mm-hmm. and uh, with um, uh, hereditary hematosis, which I understand is an iron overload. Uh, iron correct. overload.
1: That's correct.
2: And uh, on this coming week, I'm to have ultrasounds, yes. um, I guess, to check, uh, you know, liver and all these sort of things. But Dennis, is there anything uh, that? I can take naturally that, that may assist or before I go into these things
1: Hemochromatosis haem- um, is, in my opinion, well managed medically uh, it, yes. it, it, it involves uh, frequently it will involve bleeding the patient to uh, yes, take indeed. blood um, yep. so um, I don't think you need to panic too much it's not a condition right. It's not a condition that practitioners of complementary medicine would see a lot. I did, have, yes. I did help a chap years ago when I was practicing at Varunga, whose liver was significantly compromised as a result of this, and I was able to help him with an American herb called fringe tree, um, but it has no bearing at all on hemochromatosis. It may have a bearing on any, uh, any liver damage that's been done. But at this stage, yes, at this stage, yep. I would not suggest anything other than go down the pathway of good medical management.
0: And thank you, call, cool, Barry, all the very best. And that's uh, bringing us right to, towards the a end of Health program, Matching. Jane. You have what, started again, Jane. You have what started a lot again. of good questions we've had as well. And, of course, remember you can catch this program on podcast through our website, 2NURFM.com, or indeed the app on your phone or smart device.